DraftSociety.com presents a Premier League Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What's going on, Draft Fanatics? Welcome back to the Key Pass Collective Podcast brought to you by the Draft Society. I'll be your host today, Joe Williams. This, of course, is the audio companion to the Draft Society site. If you've just stumbled onto this now for the first time, the Draft Society, of course, has your ranking stats, articles, uh, everything that you could possibly need as it pertains to this draft fantasy game, um, especially the one presented by fan tracks, which many of you and most of you, I would say, play. Um, also, if you're interested, measly $5 a month, many inner circle benefits. We got player projections. We got rest of season rankings. We got a fixture difficulty tracker. We're talking set piece taker tracker, um, ghost point tracker with a, an accompanying article written by our own Ryan Barnes. It's all there for you. So check it out. DraftSociety.com is where it's at. Um, yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it at that because today we do have a little bit of a departure, might I say? A couple different things that are going to be going on today. Um, so let me kind of update you listeners on just kind of what the agenda is, and then I'll introduce uh, someone you know and someone you 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 know from a while ago who is uh, we're being reunited today, which is <laughs> which we're excited about. Uh, so today you can expect us to. Give you an AFCON update. So African Cup of Nations, I've had a lot of people asking me uh, about what the update is on that and what to expect in terms of uh, Premier League player absences. So I do want to go ahead and update you guys on that. I did uh, quite a bit of research and uh, wrote down as much as I could. So I'm going to just hit you with that information and then we'll get some some, uh, takeaways from that in terms of fantasy uh, projections and reactions. Then we're going to talk about none other than Conte. Uh, and his fantasy impact on Tottenham. And of course, we're going to talk about the game that is just finishing up right now uh, in the uh, what our guest today called the baby Europa League. So we will talk about that as well. Talk about some p- potential lineups and uh, what to expect from Conte Ball going forward. If time, which I don't think we probably will, unfortunately, but if time, we're ha- we got a couple fantasy real or fantasy fakes for you. But first, let me introduce the lads who are here with me today. First of all, you know him well. This is Ryan Barnes. Ryan, what's going on, man? How's your week? How's how's life? Uh, life's good. Um, I had a tale of, of two leagues last weekend. One uh, nail-biter uh, in my main league and then lost uh, the other one in the com league due to uh, due to Michael Keane's um, non-existent assists, which... <laughs> I'll go to my grave believing yeah. um, was not an assist. But uh, yeah, other than that, all is well. Actually got a, a mutually beneficial trade done with our, our mystery guest. Okay. Um, okay. I like it. Which was which was nice. No low ball, no back and forth. Proposed, accepted. Loved it. The funny um, thing um, is, 
The funny thing is, they will absolutely have already seen his name in the show notes and also on the the Twitter uh, post that is, uh, of course, highlighting this episode. So let's just go and bring him in. No, it's not a mystery. <laughs> He's not a mystery to anybody uh, in in the realm of this fantasy game. It's of course Chuck Booth. Chuck, it's been a while. We, I mean, I don't know if you've been on the Key Pass Collective, have you? Since we did the rebrand, um, I don't, I don't think I have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it was the Sunday show that we used to all do together, and and we haven't done anything since then. Yeah, no, that um, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's been a while, but it's weird because I mean, this season I've probably been busier than ever, but yeah, also somehow theoretically kept a low profile and that's assuming you're not someone who's in my dms on a regular basis well right (laughs) right (laughs) i mean you've been writing for nbc sports edge um you have been when you have time doing the fpl 360 podcast you have the view from the bridge podcast which many people don't know about um overseas but it's uh it's your basically philadelphia union podcast and then you've also been doing um, some independent work, right? With uh, with your own sort of venture in the booth. Um, yeah, a little bit. Like, uh, yeah, I start started that. Haven't gotten to put as much time into it as I would like, but um, sooner rather than later, as um, things change and there's more announcements coming out over the next couple of weeks, <laughs> um, that should change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, we won't we won't have any spoilers then. But uh, you you do have a brand new article uh, on NBC Sports Edge, which covers a lot of like the Conte stuff we're going to be kind of talking about today, um, but also just some general fantasy stuff. So, do you want to tell people how to get at that? Um, yeah, I mean, you can either find it on my Twitter, which is probably the easiest way because of how much of a mouthful um, our website is, <laughs> but. Um, you can also find it on the NBC Edge Soccer Twitter okay, or yep. um, the website by searching a little bit because, again, things are buried there. Okay. Are they, I mean, is that something they're working on or like what's <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've been, been with NBC for about four years and it's been about this way the whole time. Okay. So. All right. Fair enough. Well, I would say just uh, go to at at Chuck Booth Sport and uh, and check it out there. But uh, yeah, definitely a talented, talented writer. And um, we want to definitely support him as as best we can. So check out Chuck's writing. Um, We are going to talk about some of the stuff here today, though. But first, let's get into some AFCON stuff. Uh, So like I said, I'm just going to hit you guys with the info that I was able to to find out and sort of research. Uh, and then we'll get sort of fantasy impact uh, or if I got anything wrong, by, by, by all means, please let me know. Um, but let me, just, let me just read off what I've, what I've uncovered. And um, listeners, it's a lot, so tune in. But um, then we'll get into what does this mean for your fantasy players? And are there players that you should pick up? Are there players that uh, you should try to trade for or trade out? So we'll talk about that as soon as we're done. Here's the update. Okay, so Cameroon basically um, met with the the CAF, which which is the Confederation of of African Football, and uh, they had to basically defend themselves uh, and their bid for this tournament. They were deemed as having been, having made progress in their efforts for sanitation and fighting of COVID. Uh, so the CAF has actually signed off on the organizing agreement, 
basically stating that the tourney is okay to go ahead as planned. The fixture dates for that tourney would be 9th January through 6th February. Players can be called up anywhere, anytime... Wait, sorry. Players can be called up anytime um, from the Monday before the first fixture. And the Monday before the first fixture is December 27th. So that is literally the day after the Boxing Day matches. So the thing about that is they can be called up that early, but not all potentially will. Some matches don't go down until later in that week. And so it's going to actually be up to each individual country when they call up the players. And many of them are having discussions with Premier League clubs to sort of figure out a compromise that might be good for both of them. Um, so unfortunately, you're going to have to kind of stay tuned on your individual players to see if and when they're going to be called up. No, well, not if, when they're going to be called up. They have the potential, any player participating in AFCON has the potential to miss game week 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24. That would also include potentially two um, FA Cup and or League Cup games in there as well. So players from eliminated teams do have the possibility to come back to England sooner. Uh, they will, of course, sooner than the last game, by the way, than game week 24. But uh, they will likely have to quarantine for a certain amount of time, uh, as this will qualify as a red list country. Um, the games for game week 24 are February 8th and 9th. But as I mentioned, players will likely have to quarantine or, or require a rest from having played all these games. So they'll probably miss out on 24 if their team continues until, you know, the semifinals or the finals. Okay. <laughs> Travel plans supposedly are not finalized for England players yet. So you're going to have to look into that or at least um, kind of do some reading up as those become clear. Here is the main schedule of events or things to look out for um, or to be aware of going forward. This is care of dailycanon.com. Shout out because uh, they were writing an article about Arsenal players who were going to miss out. And this is the only place that I saw that highlighted every uh, date like this in, in a format that made sense to me. So 27th of December, we're talking day after Boxing Day is the first possible release date for players, meaning they would have to leave and go to Cameroon to train um, and or wherever they're training. 28th of December is game week 20. 1st of January is game week 21. 3rd of January would be the second possible release date for players, meaning some players might be able to play those game week 20 and 21 games. 5th of January is the League Cup semifinal first leg. 8th of January is the FA Cup third round. 12th of January is the League Cup semifinal second leg. The 15th of January is game week 22. The 20th of January is the end of the group stage. Again, that's 20th of January, end of the group stage. This is the earliest possible return date for any of the players. 22nd of January is game week 23. I would guess quarantine probably would not be done by then, um, but I think it depends on, on a case-by-case -case basis. 5th of February, FA Cup fourth round. 6th of February, end of the tournament. 8th of February, game week 24. 
So, Leeds, Newcastle, Norwich, Tottenham have no AFCON players. <laughs> Trade in all of them. Uh, no, just kidding. Don't, because most of them are shit. Uh, <laughs> no. no, no, not Tottenham. So, no, certainly. We'll talk about all, that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, the full list of players, I will probably... Uh, I'll probably attach this site to the um, the tweet that goes out and also the show notes. But, I mean, obviously, um, I'll run through the main ones very quickly. We have Thomas Partey. We have Aubameyang. We have Pepe. We have Trezeguet, Bertrand Traore, Marvelous Nakamba. We have Frank Onyeka for Brentford, Eve Basuma for Brighton, Max Cornet, unfortunately, for Burnley. We have Edward Mendy. That's a massive one for Chelsea and Ziyech. Uh, for Palace, we have Kuyate, Schlup, Ayu, and Zaha. Obviously, a huge one as well. Everton will be missing Iwobi. Leicester will be missing Mendy, uh, Ndidi, and Iheanacho. Not sure why I said Mendy there, but uh, <laughs> Ndidi and Iheanacho. <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool, probably the hardest hit. Salah, Keita, and Mane. Manchester City, somehow only Mares missing out. Uh, Manchester United, Bayi. Southampton, unfortunately, Mohamed Salisu, just when he's getting going. Uh, Watford will be missing Adam Messina, Ismail Assar, and Emmanuel Dennis. West Ham, it's Saeed Ben-Rama, and Wolves, it's Saiz and Boley. Okay, boys. In terms of fantasy pickups, um, or let's, let's start with this, actually. Is there anybody you're trying to trade out right now as a result of any of this business chuck nope um actually i mean over the past two weeks i have traded for two players on the afcon list while also already holding um maxwell cornet because i mean basically considering the time that everything's happening after double game weeks and when you're already going through roster carnage yeah frankly, I don't care um, <laughs> when, when they're missing games. I need players who are playing right now. I need players who can help my team right now. Um, I'm already holding Timo Werner on my bench. Therefore, I have an empty bench spot until I finally decide to drop him probably in two weeks when he <laughs> um, still isn't healthy after the international break. But, like, I mean, you can definitely think about the fact that these players may be missing and what are my contingency plans going to be but with it already happening during the festive period yeah you're not going to be able to hold anyone who's not starting anyway that's a great point and like you said these a lot of these players were going to end up being rotated anyway merely just to like maintain their fitness interesting okay ryan are you trading anyone out um i'm not actively looking to do so the way i look at it is if i'm on the fence and iffy about someone and then you add afcon to it then that might put me over the edge like if i had Mares, for example and i'm already just pulling my hair out and then you add to the fact that he's definitely not going to be playing during um during afcon then yeah that might that might um push me to to get rid of them but yeah i don't think i'm i'm going to actively uh deal any any great assets out just because of because of afcon you just got to like chuck said get some cover and just kind of roll with the punches 
Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, Mars is a great example because, yeah, I mean, you're probably already fed up with him in the first place, but um, yeah, Afcon just adds to to your struggles. Um, okay, interesting. All right, so we're not we're not panicking on this necessarily. Uh, so let's talk about trade ins then. I mean, Chuck, are there are there guys that you're specifically targeting? You said you were looking at a number of players. Um, well, I. My trading has been weird this year because I haven't specifically been able to target and get anyone except um, with trading out Sadio Mane for um, Leon Bailey and um, Jared Bowen. Okay. Um, other than that, it's a solid every, trade. Every trade that I've been involved in has kind of just fallen into my lap. <laughs> like other people uh, proposed it to you. Yep. Nice. I love when that happens. <laughs> like the last one that I proposed and um, previewed in the in the intro, I um, it relates to Afcon as well. I I proposed uh, Aubameyang and and Hindo for for Bailey because as Joe and and all of our listeners know, I've had the the Bailey itch for you for love months now. Bailey, so I had to. <laughs> I had to scratch it, um, <laughs> and even though, as I've I've talked to Chuck privately, I'm gonna lament not having Obama Yang, especially for Watford this weekend and and um, Newcastle in two game weeks. Had to take a punt on Bailey. Um, so yeah, the I wasn't actively looking to trade Obama Yang out because of Afcon, but got me Bailey, and I don't have to to deal with the headache that is Afcon, and I have um, Lacazette as as cover anyways and gives me a bit of of arsenal uh in my roster it, it just made sense okay yeah and and it go and that goes back i mean a little bit to my um i need players now situation yeah yeah um because both in community league and in the cup having like both Yang and jordan henderson will help a lot over the next three game weeks absolutely um may not may not be great long term but i'm I'm not thinking too long term at the moment because if they do well enough i can just trade them again Mm. yeah absolutely no that makes that makes total sense i just i do think it's funny the uh the irony of of the gooner trading uh yang to the spurs fan (laughs) (laughs) we're equal opportunity employers yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice um Okay, so is there anyone else from from Afcon that you guys like would be willing to like actively target to try to bring in like play up on on other people's fears of these guys missing time? I don't know if it's possible to trade Mosala in. Hmm. Um, <laughs> that would be tasty. <laughs> but like, I mean, outside outside of that, like, there's really no one because I mean, I have I have Cornet in most of my leagues. Yeah, me too. Um, so like. Really, outside of that, there's like no one going to Afcon where you're just like, goodness, they sink my squad if they're not if they're not here. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to bring in Cornet though, Chuck, I mean, he he's still relatively affordable, and if you play up this Afcon thing, I feel like you could get a pretty decent deal on him. That's what's tough is because I don't I don't think he is very affordable because most people who do have him have he probably been listening to this podcast and have um a proper valuation on him especially after um he's scored like what is he up to now like two two goals and an assist and very limited playing time right yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And plus they've heard about uh, my throw pillow of Max Cornet and also my tattoo that I'm planning. So they, they know even, all about that. Even, and yeah, and he's even on like um, FPL radars at that point. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. So he has what? Uh, no, four goals now. He has four goals and um, no assists yet. Unless he has a fantasy assist, but I don't think so. No, that's probably about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot the brace. Right, and then he had the he had the goal that he, when he came in um, and played a partial game against Leicester. I actually think Cornet is is a pretty good example of of um, if you play your cards right, if you really want them, uh, you can play up the injuries in addition to to Afcon um, and the fact that he's a forward and so many forwards out there. Mm. I think not if you really wanted him, this trade, not, pretty not good. Considering some of the trade offers that I've gotten for him, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. In one I, league, I he was offered to me, but I'm yeah, not interested. I, I got a I got a fun one of um, Harry Maguire and Stuart Armstrong. <laughs> Um, two two players who I could not be lower on. <laughs> if only they were going to Afcon. <laughs> right, exactly. But oh, either man. way, they're not getting on the pitch. Oh wow! What what would it what would it take to get Cornet off you, Chuck? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Let's say you needed a midfielder. Well, well, the, I mean, the funny thing is, right now I need defenders. Um, okay, because. Like I would, I if it were possible, because I do think that I have the midfield to probably get this done. Um, like I would trade Cornet and a midfielder for um, like Cancelo. Oh yeah, I mean yes, <laughs> absolutely for sure. <laughs> well, I love that. But yeah, um, I mean, it's it's basically just like a trading up in midfield or defense. Because I don't want to take on any more forwards because I currently have six and I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Ryan, so as as the the time nears uh, for us to start, you know, kind of thinking about this a little bit more in depth and, and preparing ourselves, who are some guys that you're looking to pick up to sort of cover your your tracks as these guys are uh, off in Africa? So we we touched on the fact that it's happening right after the festive season. So you kind of get a, a double whammy. So some of these players that I'm going to mention are going to get playtime right before AFCON starts just because of the the frenzy of, of fixtures and the rotation. And so you're going to get them for that. And then once those other guys that we talked about leave for AFCON, they're going to be regular starters. So... I want to try and get them in if I haven't already um, at the beginning of December when when the fixtures start coming uh, thick and heavy. So uh, for Arsenal, I want Lacazette and potentially Martinelli because Oba and Pepe are gone. Liverpool, of course, Jota and, and Bobby uh, become more valuable. But Dibok Origi, uh, especially with uh, Bobby's injuries long term, yes. um, he's going to be a, a good streamer around that time. Uh, with Palace having Zaha and IU out, it's going to open up a, a good spot for Benteke, Eze, or, or Edward, you would assume. Uh, Daka becomes um, much more valuable with Iannaccio out. Uh, a lot of people have the, I think, the misconception, and you might correct me in your in your research, but don't think Zambia um, qualified. So a lot of people think Daka's going to AFCON, but I nope. don't think he is. He's not. Okay. Yeah. So 
he could be he could be gettable if you if you play on that. Um, and then I also like Vlasic with uh, West Ham because Ben Rama is going to be out. And then you got to pick up Kepa if you have if you have Mendy. Yeah. And uh, even though it, it really hurts, <laughs> it really does. It really does. Yeah, um, he's fine. He's fine now at least. It's true. Yeah. He's, he's played I, a couple. I was listening to some podcasts and they were talking about how he is so much better as a number two. Like his confidence is through the roof. It's crazy. <laughs> well, that, but I mean, that, that's the thing with like with Tuchel because he takes those fringe players and then makes them feel like they're world beaters. Like, I don't think that there would have been much of a concern with Kepa being the number one under him. Yeah. Um, it's just Mendy's so much better. That's an insane skill for a manager to be able to do that. To make your yeah, your secondary players feel like they're they're wanted and important is incredible. But he's able to do it because he just plays everyone because well, he <laughs> rotates and drives us nuts. But yeah, I'm sure everybody loves it because everybody's going to play. Right? Yeah, but but it's but like yeah, when he threw like Sar into the game and everyone's just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Yes, exactly. Or the first time we saw Chalaba. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the extensive uh, Chelsea roster at this point. I think I know everyone. That's why I love the the quote unquote Chelsea stack because you can never you can <laughs> you can never stack enough players. Like, and it's been such a popular thing. I think popularized by Genie, unfortunately, but like, and Genie loves the Chelsea stack. But I just think like you're net. You only have a 16 man roster. You there's yeah. no way you're going to be able to have enough of the Chelsea players to have a true stack. Yeah, you're never going to be you know content with. Just waking up right before kickoff and setting your lineup because you're going to want to see the lineup because Sar is going to pop out and someone else yeah. is going to beat him on the waiver wire and like well and yeah well, it's and a also nightmare. I mean right right now you add in the fact that Chelsea doesn't have a healthy forward in fan tracks right <laughs> not a single one yeah exactly <laughs> oh it's amazing it's all right uh, Chuck did you have any any uh, like kind of waiver wire targets or, or pickups for uh, AFCON coverage? Um, that's where, like, I'm a little sad because, like, even half of the players that um, Ryan named are already held in our community league division. I know. Things are just absolutely ridiculous there. Ugh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I I do think... I haven't actually looked at um, Burnley's schedule, but Chris Wood has been all over the waiver wire. And uh, considering when teams start actually getting um, getting hit, they will have a good shot at probably doing well. Benteke is the def- definitely a really good one. I've been... Uh, even just going back and forth in one of my leagues, picking up and dropping Benteke every week. Yeah. Um, because if he starts, he should be in your lineup. <laughs> He's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Yeah. I mean, I can't can't blame him because you, you truly never know when he's going to start. Right. And then for some reason, Patrick Vieira really likes Ayu, even though Ayu doesn't do very much. <laughs> um, likes him terrible. enough to, I'm sure, listeners... Um, Hate the fact that Alisi has not started <laughs> yes. over IE yet, even though he. It has like 20 be. assists. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we keep getting questions too on Olise. It's like, uh, do you guys think he's going to start soon? I'm like, hell if I know. Like, I, I <laughs> yeah, mean, like he sh- by, by during Afcon. Everything that, yeah, by everything we've seen, he should have started three weeks ago. So right. Who knows? Right. Exactly. Oh man, yeah, that, that's a strange one for sure. Um, okay, I like the, I actually like the Chris Wood shout. That's that's a good call, um, especially in a good matchup. I mean, he's he's always been dependable, and he went he went in like you know uh, what sixth or seventh eighth. rounds this year. Oh, eighth round, yeah. but still, and like most people have dropped him by this point. So yeah, there's and and also I remember a very weird stat last year. I think he's the only player who has more consecutive seasons with like ten plus goals in a row. With yeah. Mo Salah. Oh wow, that's that's a hell of a stat. Interesting. Okay, all right, I like it. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering it correctly. <laughs> you're you're not into it, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Chris Wood's ever going to be mentioned in the same sentence um, as most. A lot. But, well, that. But also, <laughs> so I hope but it's I mean, true. But also, like, the, I mean, the biggest thing with Afcon is going to be um, that transfer window opening for Newcastle and Tottenham. Oh yes. Yeah, I wish I still had Fab. My God. I mean, I would if I hadn't just spent it all on Regulon, which I'm totally fine with now. Uh, by the way, after seeing this is a perfect segue after seeing yeah. uh, the match today. So, Chuck, do, do you want to take the reins for a minute? Just t- tell us some things about about Conte and what you're expecting. Oh man, um, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> well, I need need to, I still need to start as with all things by chastising Spurs, um, <laughs> because as happy as I am to now have Antonio Conte in charge of this team. Uh, that does not make up for the fact that he should have been in charge during the summer and uh, going through this situation in which you basically waste an entire transfer window. Yep. Um, go through four to five managers on a potential list and um, essentially dick over Nuno. Yep. Because he never should have gotten the job in the first place. Exactly. It's just like... Um, how much is the payout? I don't want to think about it because we're currently <laughs> paying three managers that don't manage for Spurs. Yeah. Um, but imagine how many defenders that could have bought. <laughs> so true. So true. But, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, with all that out, <laughs> um, I think things will, things will be good. Um, They'll be very interesting for sure, uh, which I which this game in which uh, Spurs ended with uh, ten and Fiatus ended up with nine uh, shows almost everything you need to know <laughs> about at least how early Antonio Conte under Spurs is going to look. But the the biggest thing is like I've been getting a lot of questions of one who's going to be at the ten, yeah. Um, to which I responded, there's not going to be one. Right. Um, because Spurs don't have a strong enough midfield for playing a Conte um, 3-5-2 right now. Uh, they may end up doing that after 
international break and some training sessions under their belts. But at least right now, the the thing is, is like you have to use the players that we're already playing for the most part because no one else is going to be fit enough to keep up with the demands here. So is that why we kind of saw like a 3-4-3 today? Well, I mean, I think the 3-4-3 is going to be what you're going to see more often than not. I don't know how much you're going to see uh, marauding center back Ben Davies in that. Um, that was a, a little weird, especially after his uh, terrible showing at left back on the weekend. But ever outside, like really outside of that, there wasn't a single surprise in that lineup. Like the wingbacks of Sergio Regula and Emerson Royale, those are the wingbacks for Spurs. They're clearing away first choice and they're going to do good things in the system, as you saw, with both of them being in the box almost every chance they got. Loved it. Uh, The front three of Sun, Kane, and Mora. um, I'm not sure if Mora's going to end up sticking in that front three, but overall, like they're probably going to start the majority of games, and most importantly, Harry Kane actually like moved and passed and got an assist and <laughs> those are all things that we haven't seen from him in a long time so i'm sure anyone who has harry kane right now is feeling slightly positive um ahead of a weekend against an everton team that gives up chances like it's their job yep absolutely yeah um Going back to the marauding center back, though, he he does like a center back who can who can dribble and pass. Um, is that a tr- that's going to be one of his main transfer targets, isn't it? Well, I think I think to an extent, and why I picked him up in leagues is that that is usually Christian Romero. Okay, um, because he's played a similar role to that um, when he was with At- Atlanta, but. Um, Obviously, he didn't help himself today by getting sent off for some dumb fouls. Well, wow. that's not that's not going to end up like getting him out of the lineup because he might like bent, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like he's been and also he's been too good in the past because this is literally his M.O. of he's going to be an aggressive center back, essentially a defensive midfielder who just goes after every tackle. Like he's going to get sent off in some games. Sure. But, yeah. Um, he's also probably the best passer in Spurs entire um, arsenal of center backs. And they have quite a few of them on under contract right now. Right. Um, so I think that, that he's going to be the centerpiece. I, I just don't know who's going to play on what side. Like, it was clear that Eric Dyer was very uncomfortable playing on the right today <laughs> when he's yes. usually been on the left. Um, I don't think that Eric Dyer should be close to this starting lineup. I would have. You like Sanchez? Or that, yeah, I would have preferred that Sanchez started, especially in um, this situation where you let your wingbacks do whatever they want. Mm. Um him or Tangana are really the only center backs that have enough pace to come back and catch people in those situations. Yeah. I I love, I mean, I personally love Tanganga. I, I don't know why he hasn't gotten, I mean, I guess he's been riddled with injuries too, but um, yeah, I think he's underrated. Yeah. I, I rate, think he's I rate gonna, Tanganga yeah. as well. 
Yeah, I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get some play because I don't see how he doesn't impress Conte in training. But just at least right now, um, I do think that you should go with Eric Dyer either in his natural position centrally in a back three with Romero on the left and Sanchez on the right or Dyer on the left. Okay. So let's stick with the defense for a minute because um, I, I saw some comments of yours online. Um, Might have been in a group chat, but something. And um, people were asking about Doherty because I think he's, you know, he's he's <laughs> he's at the forefront of a lot of people who want to be widely with their pickups, right? And, you know, they're thinking like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in, you know, before anyone else. I'm going to go ahead and pick him up and it's going to be just totally free. Got him off the free agents, you know, no big deal. Um but you have some reservations about his pace and uh, his work rate under a Conte system. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, number one, in, a, in like games where it's this competitive, if you're getting someone completely for free without at least using your bid tiebreaker, you're probably not getting someone that you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, with with him, with him specifically, like, I don't know where his legs have gone. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't see him being able to keep up in an Antonio Conte system. And like, I know that we talk about how like Marcos Alonso is slow and like, can't necessarily get back all the time, but like, he's still much faster than Doherty. Hmm. The thing about Doherty for me was that Conte aside, his former manager who managed him when he was at the peak of his skills wouldn't even play him in Mickey Mouse Cup games. So what makes yep. you think that Conte is going to come in and be like, yeah, but you know what? Matt Doherty, that's my guy. Especially since I think, and Chuck, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you saw this as well, the Inter was trying to recruit Royale um, before they ended up settling on Hakimi. So it seemed like Conte was interested in Royale previously. Oh, de- so. definitely. And I mean, and I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, I think most managers who like wingbacks were interested in Royale, especially when it came out that, oh, Barca's broke, so everyone's available. <laughs> um, because he was supposed to play for Barcelona, and he was one of the best attacking um, fullbacks in La Liga. Like, I, I didn't, like, I didn't really understand why... Uh, when with Conte coming in, why it was supposedly Real's going to be dropped from this team because he's been one of the better defenders on the team over the course of the season. He, it, there just unfortunately hasn't been anyone next to him when he gets caught up field. Okay. There still wasn't anyone next to him when he was caught up field today because yeah, of the guy playing next to him. But you would think that moving to a back three with proper defenders once they get their legs under them will make up for that one deficiency in his game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh my God, how juicy was it when he was like literally like the, the wingbacks were passing to each other, like crossing balls to each other to finish off. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Like I haven't seen um, interplay like that. Uh, from Tottenham in a very long time, so <laughs> yeah. I was quite excited today. You could, I mean, you could tell it, they were new to the system. You could tell they were still like getting, you know, comfortable with it. Um, but man, I saw enough to just get me excited about it. Like I, I definitely, 
Uh, I saw them passing it around, moving. Like, the work rate was super high, even from Kane. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the one play where um, the ball was was going out of bounds and Kane sprinted to the sideline and slid to try to, like... Uh, to try to slide in front of the defender and knock it off the defender so it would go out on him. Um, and un- unfortunately, he didn't get the didn't get the call uh, his way. But I thought, like, man, that's something you you would not have seen from him two weeks ago. That's that's out of the question. Oh, uh, one. I mean, one hundred percent. Like, literally, I actually wanna I wanna read um, a little bit of what I put on on Harry Kane in in my article. Yeah, do it. Um, so, like, th- this project, as all things, will go as far as Harry Kane. If Kane wanted to leave and was demotivated this season because Spurs lacked ambition, getting Conte on board will be the type of move, of move that can ignite a fire in him. And we saw that today yeah. with literally just his movement and passing. Like, and literally just with that and also i want to call out the fact that um oliver skip had skill moves in midfield like i don't (laughs) i don't know where where what i saw today came from but like he was literally like picking the ball out of the air like bringing it down like better interplay with um pierre than i've seen in a long time like he didn't look like a defensive midfielder at all, which is all he's looked like under Nuno. I mean, I th- it just I think it goes so much back to what you were saying, like the blunders by Spurs to let the the information become public that they were not able to land a number of managers that they wanted to land. And by the time Nuno comes into the job, the players are already doubting him because they know he's sixth, seventh choice. And it's like, why are you going to play for that type of person? I mean, like you said, it was it was absurd to put Nuno in that type of situation in the first place but you also can't really blame the players I guess professionalism yes but you can't really blame them for for not putting their their hearts on the line for them for him well you both can and can't yeah because it it, like I, I know I don't like to ever be the person who's just like it's their job to do x but yeah it's their job to put their <laughs> everything on the line That's for fair. whoever the manager is. You get why Harry Kane didn't do it because he was supposedly promised a lot of things and didn't get any of them. But for most other players on that roster, they didn't have anywhere near those similar promises. Um, they may they definitely, according to reports, felt alienated by the way that uh, Nuno managed the squad, but at least as of right now they know that there's a clean slate and that if they put up Conte will play them but uh they've uh they've got to show a lot because he expects a lot from all of his players yeah well let's let's take a stop off in the midfield because you were just mentioning it um like a do we think that they're we think they stick with this this two midfield approach and obviously Hoybier is going to be you know you're holding mid um as far as fantasy value for him he's been good this year like I mean kind of surprisingly to some but he's been quite good this year uh do you think that continues and uh the other role if it is filled by skip 
I mean, is that like kind of like a Liverpool midfielder type thing where you're not really interested in rostering him, or what do you what do you think in there? Yep, I honestly don't care about the midfield unless <laughs> somehow they either change to a three-five-two, which I don't see happening anytime soon, or if um, Dumbele ends up um, taking that other midfield role, which I also don't see happening really anytime soon because fitness is always an issue with him so uh it's really tough without a bunch of training sessions to see him impressing Conte enough to uh end up in one of those positions interesting um yeah I mean unfortunately the playing a 3-5-2 literally rests on one person and that's Delhi. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I don't think that there's going to be a 3-5-2. I mean, okay, so what we know of Conte, you know, everybody has a fresh, a, a clean slate. Yeah? Okay, so that's that's fine. That's all, <laughs> that's all well and good. I mean, okay, let's just give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. But everyone has a clean slate dependent on your ability to give literally everything in practice and also your ability to show, like, your understanding of the tactics and you know your your commitment to the team whether that involves like your personal life your diet everything else <laughs> so as far as Dele is concerned i mean i don't know chuck is there any hope no because i mean <laughs> you look but you because even this is a point where it's actually good to look back at previous managers because every single one of them has tried to use Dele. yeah and even nuno dropped him yeah yeah. I mean, Mourinho said that he was, what, the worst trainer that he's ever come across. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. And and I mean, yeah, and, and Mourinho came in uh, all fired up, like, going to get Delhi going, going to get Delhi going. Got him going for a couple of games and then poof. Right. And, and it's like you have the absolute backing of your manager. You have almost a nailed-on starting spot. And you still can't produce. Like I don't know what more you need. Uh, you need you need the spotlight. You need to date Pep's daughter. You need to to play play FIFA online. I guess. Yeah. Good good luck getting any of that past Conte. Right. <laughs> um, makes makes you wonder what Poach was doing to get him playing so well that everyone else couldn't do it. I mean, I guess it was a matter well, of timing. But also remember the decline still started under poach because yeah. Yeah. original cuz cuz the big thing was getting those England caps because he didn't think that he was as much of a star until unfortunately one thing that England loves to do is cap a lot of players way too soon. Mm. Um, once he started getting those, then it was, oh, I'm the big star on this team. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, at, at this point, I mean, literally, even, like, the defenders were more of a star on this team than you. But realistically, if you were going to put it on any one person at the time, it was Harry Kane. Right. Absolutely. Even when he was much younger. Much, yep, much then- more of a star. Yeah. Yeah, and then like right now, it's really realistically on Sun. Yeah, agreed. 
Okay, so speaking of, uh, we'll we'll use that as a transition. Um, let's let's talk about this forward line. So normally with Conte, I mean, when when you're playing with the two up top, you know, you see one striker acting. I mean, thinking back to Lukaku, you're seeing one striker striker acting as kind of more of a hold up guy. Um, you know, directing play a little bit and allowing the other one, and this would have been what Lutaro to sneak in behind and and run those channels and um, you know, basically get try to get get in there for the like the through pass. Uh, I see that working perfectly for Kane and Son. I just don't quite know how that kind of brings the other. If they're gonna p- play that three four three, I'm not quite sure how that brings Mora into it. But maybe you can elucidate that for me. Well, I mean, the good thing is, like, the three of them are already used to playing a similar role together. Yeah. Where Mora is a bit of a decoy slash sometimes comes central. Um, and, like, even on his goal today, like, he literally was the forward most um, member of the front three and um, scored. So, it it's, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to be, like, that, that much of a problem, but... As always, he's going to be the inferior forward in the front three. <laughs> um, slash also the closest to losing his place because he's such a streaky player. And yeah. even after doing like so much good in today's game because of his work rate, still um, both lost the ball and wasn't able to come back to cover, leading to a goal being scored. Yeah. I mean, fan favorite um, clearly works his ass off. I, you know, I just think if I'm a new manager, just like Conte, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and and slot him in to start, and then let him, let him make you like prove you wrong. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so let's talk about. I mean. Yeah, you, you just kind of mentioned, like, in competitive leagues, most of these guys are already gone, unfortunately. But um, are there pickups that, that we would be making? I mean, are there guys that you'd be looking to bring in? Um, or even, like, trade in? Are there guys that you would be be looking to, you know, send out some offers for? I don't know that you can get Kane and Son at yeah, this point. Yeah, I was going to say, that. yeah, the problem is I don't think you can trade for... You can't trade for anyone who you want this week. Um you at least need to see what happens after Everton because anyone with a slightly down performance on the weekend, you might be able to get a deal across the line for. But right now, just value is too high for anyone on Spurs. Um, I do believe in Romero, and he's been the most likely one to be free in most leagues. Yeah. For some, um, also Emerson Royale, you should still check your league because he's been dropped in some. Uh, and then the only the only other person who I can really think of who may end up having a shot. I don't think you really need to pick them up this week, but it's someone that you want to end up looking at is um with Brian Gill. Mm. And you think he has the potential to start? Um I th- I think this is this is the thing where again just the impressing Conte in training sessions um just with the way that he plays his directness um his eye for getting a ball into the box that's the guy where when Lucas plays himself out of the lineup. Aww. He's going to be the chief benefactor. 
Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so you're just to be clear, I mean, cause some people are going to be asking about, uh, a couple of players, I think you are not at all interested in Giovanni, Giovanni Lo Celso or Steven Bergwijn. Um, I don't think that Giovanni Lo Celso is going to be able to keep up with everything here. Okay. Um, he is one of my prime candidates to get moved out between January and the summer. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about Steven Bergwijn. Like, I like him as a player. Um, but it just it kind of feels like he'll forever be a bench piece change of um, pace situation yeah. than ever getting a regular starting spot in this team. Mm. Fair enough. And, of course, my, I mean, my favorite of any of your midfielders is Tongi and Dombele. But I've already seen... Uh, news pieces about him potentially being, you know, dealt out uh, over even even over like the January window. Yeah, see, I don't I don't know about that because there were also rumors that Conte wanted him wanted him to enter from Spurs. So they're like he's talented enough as a defensive midfielder that if he can somehow motivate him into training properly and doing everything that he's supposed to do, that he really makes the system work so but also that's not a situation where unless you have like superb depth on your bench in a league where you're able to take the risk of picking him up right now yeah no that makes sense too ryan anything anything you've been thinking about yeah i just want to go back to something that um that chuck touched on that the value for these players is is too too high. I actually think it's similar to uh, one Leon Bailey, and I promise that it makes sense. To, I'm not just <laughs> mentioning Bailey just for the hell of it because well. I'm a little obsessed. Um, <laughs> but Bailey had this mystique where he would get subbed on and score or assist, and his value was just like through the roof because of expectations and you just uncertainty. You didn't know how he would actually produce when he started, just started, had a decent game, seven and a half ghost points, but now he actually has a value. Previously, it was just like the expectations were through the roof. And so even if, you know, um, you were able to, to make an offer, people wanted to at least wait to see what the final product would be. Now that you had, it was possible to, to deal him. I think, that's going to be similar to Spurs assets. I think Chuck's right in the sense that you got to wait until um, this weekend. So people get a, a bit more of a feel of, of what they have um, on the roster, but obviously the wingbacks Royale and, and Regulon are going to be going to be valuable. I'm curious to see how Lucas um, does in this team fan tracks wise uh, Romero as well. I don't, I don't think the, the fact that he'll be making, you know, defense splitting passes and marauding a little bit is going to really equate to points um, just because even if he makes those those great passes to link up play they're not going to lead directly to a shot or a goal hmm. so I I don't know if it's going to make him a, a big fan tracks asset but with that schedule I'm, I'm, I'm curious enough to, to try and find out I mean, again, back to kind of like the center back thing, right? With Conte, you have, uh, or at least he prefers, a center back who can kind of put one on a plate, like pass something over the top and see if you can't sneak one into Sun 
or or somebody running through the channels, like I said. Um, so I mean, there always there always is, of course, the chance that he is that hockey assist, even when he does get lucky enough to to put one yeah. on a plate for somebody. So I mean, yeah, I don't know, Chuck. What do you think about that one? Well, I mean, I'm I'm ridiculous um, because I am. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm already up the triple Spurs defense in my, both community league and my home league because, well, at the end of the day, like I need that upside, so I have Hugo Lloris, um, Romero, and a fullback in basically all of my leagues. Yeah, but it's like outside of this week against Everton, where like. Yeah, that might be rough, but it shouldn't be because Everton have been terrible. Um, Leeds United, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton. Like, oh, what are you scared about <laughs> playing um, Spurs defenders for through the next five? True. And presumably by the time that's over, you know, everybody's familiar with the system and they can kind of tighten things up. Yeah, and I mean, and and all and all you really need is like a couple of big outputs, and you, if you really want to, you can trade one. Yeah, I mean, what the so the the XA or sorry the XGA the expected goals against um, for Conte traditionally have been pretty low, um, despite the fact that you know you have the the wingbacks who are you know pressing up uh, quite high and and sometimes fail to come back like you said Chuck. Um, but remember that one of his best wingbacks was not a defender <laughs> in Victor Moses. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, I mean, the, the chances for clean sheets are, are there. Um, I don't know, Ryan, do you, you still have reservations? About the wingbacks? No. No, the I center was, backs. Oh, yeah, I think so. Just just from a fan track's point of, I mean, point of that, view. Yeah. That that's I fair. Mean, like I yeah. yeah, I literally don't want any center back that's not Romero. Sure, because he does. I just do think he does have the best chance at both goals and assists. Yeah. Um. Like I wouldn't touch really anyone else, but I yeah I think just just even the slightest chance of an assist from a center back is more than enough to warrant having them in your team if them conceding a goal doesn't kill you. That's fair. Yeah, I just want to see the aerials and, and other defensive ghost points that would, you know, um, well, that's where you counteract where you any, of, a, any of the goals is conceded. That's where you look a little bit back to Italy, though, um, when he played in a similar system, because this isn't too far from what he's used to at, at Atlanta. Um, and while his aerials were weird there, because not all of them were true aerials. Um, he was such an active center back that he still scored well enough that he would do well translating that play style to England, even with the yellow cards. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention. <laughs> we've, <laughs> talked, we've talked about him getting sent off in the yellows, and that's something you got to think about. But yeah, for that for that schedule, absolutely worth worth a punt. Um, to see how he does. Yeah, like it's, Dyer actually has scored fairly well um, in some games. I hate to say it, um, but well, just, I'm wise, just, I'm yeah, I'm just hoping he gets dropped so I can't advocate to picking up someone who I don't think should be in the team. Yeah, 
Uh, that's completely fair, but we're we're forced to do such things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if he if he's out there during some of these games against Burnley, um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk last thing here, uh, Chuck, because like I I don't want to keep you all night, but um, as far as transfers, I know there's already some names being floated around. Um, so I guess my, my question as fantasy managers is, uh, which fantasy assets are you bringing in now, but you are maybe a little bit concerned that they eventually lose their job with any, uh, January transfer signings. Um, I would say, I mean, any defender that's not Regulon, Romero or Royale. Okay. And, uh, then... Same with midfield, because, I mean, midfield has the most concrete rumor attached to it of getting Chiesi from um, AC Milan. Okay. He was already linked to Spurs and signing on a free transfer at the end of summer, um, just earlier in the season. And now it seems like they might be able to pay like $8.5 million and get him in January. Wow. So if that's probably the biggest attainable target that's out there for January. But like realistically, like if you look at everything, they don't need to add much to the first team currently. Um, If you can get a center back, you do it, but you don't break the bank to do it. Um, I'd assume if they get a midfielder that one or two players are getting sold and, uh, even with the right wing, there's already like six of them, so you're not buying another one. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Well, we can probably we can probably leave it there. Um, one thing I didn't warn you guys about, uh, I just it's been it's been on my mind for the last couple hours as I'm seeing news pouring in. Um, I know people are going to ask us about Eddie Howe to Newcastle. <laughs> And uh, we can get into his play style and all of those different things on a later podcast. But people are immediately going to ask about targets. Is there anyone that I should be picking up on Newcastle? Uh, is there anyone <laughs> that immediately jumps to your mind, Ryan? I mean, Fraser obviously immediately jumps to my mind. But Ryan I'm, Fraser. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm never well, going to pick hope, him up again. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, also, I hope not. I mean... Eddie Howe should be strong enough to say, you quit on me, you're done. <laughs> That's fair. And he literally, yeah. I mean, much publicized, he literally did. Yeah. Like, I mean, he and, basically and said, also, I'm done. And even in Fraser's appearances for Newcastle, has he been good enough to warrant selection? No. No. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, you immediately see that Howe's going there and linking I up would, with the, yeah. the old crew would, and Wilson. I would and, hope. I would hope, if anything, Matt Ritchie goes back to being a damn winger. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That's, that was the other I was going to mention. I'd be <laughs> a little slightly more intrigued with Ritchie, but not enough to spend um, any time trying to get him in. He's not available seen, in any of your leagues, though. I've seen Joe no. Willock dropped a couple places. I would I would be willing to take a flyer there, considering um, Lewis Cook and Jefferson Lerma. And not oh, man. for it. <laughs> Blast from the past. We we both we both dropped Joe Willock, right, Ryan? Both both yeah. of us did. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. never been happier. Been so burned by him this season. I can't imagine looking back, but but maybe. I, I no, I mean I, I get the he's hurt me, I can't touch him anymore. <laughs> but 
I wouldn't blame anyone for picking him up to see what happens. Just whatever you do, um, anyone listening out there, um, <laughs> don't pick up a single defender <laughs> from Newcastle under Eddie Howe. Yes. Because if they win any games, which I think their most likely situation by January is only winning three games. Yeah. And that would be a positive. It'd be three it's two. Re- yeah, and and yeah, everything's gonna be three to two, four to five. Like basically, uh, I would, if anything, sell the house to get Alan St. Maxim in. Yes. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I feel a lot better about ASM with Eddie coming in, yeah. just from the fact that the caretaker manager has been abysmal. I mean, he scored what two and three and a half points asm the last two weeks under under this guy so what sucks the fact is that Graham any attacking managers there yeah. is, is good for me what sucks is graham jones is supposed to be a tactician like he literally helps the england national team yeah um with things which i mean i guess that says something about the national team but <laughs> i mean he like, got a result at palace i mean he was i mean the tactics were okay but like it doesn't give yeah. asm free reign which is all we care about for sure. Well, can you think of a worse situation to be put in? Oh, hey, you're the caretaker manager of Newcastle United. Like, this Newcastle United. Like, come on. Um, it's a poison chalice. But uh, I, I will say this. Like, uh, I did a little bit of research just on Eddie Howe just because I, I was reading up on... It was an article that was analyzing his play style that, that came out this summer when he was rumored with uh, the Celtic job. Uh, and so I was kind of reading up on that and I can tell you that the one thing that stuck out to me was that his expected goals against for every single season was higher than his expected goals with Burnmouth every single season. Yep. That's crazy. That's a crazy stat. It's not a good one. It's like very, (laughs) that's like very damning. Well, and, and, and that, and I mean, that also gets to a more interesting point here where I, I wonder if with this appointment kind of ownership is just like, we're probably going to get relegated Mm. because even with the Newcastle rebuild that needs to happen, it's a lot easier from the championship than it is from the premier league. Yeah. Um, yes, you're going to lose a lot of players, but that's a good thing when <laughs> you don't have any players that anyone else wants and have a lot of money to spend. Just, yeah, it also is risky because you could become Nottingham Forest too. Sure. But it's, it's almost like the Crystal Palace scorched earth, you know, of last, of last off season, just like let everyone go. Like, let's no, just I mean, let's just start de- over. We're we're about there. Yeah. And, um. And also, stay, I mean, staying on Newcastle for a second, I it did end up in like bit of a thread with the the house situation just on Newcastle defenders to for January. Um. And I think I've come to the fact, um, Ryan, you'll appreciate this, where. <laughs> Rob Holding is my number one target in January from <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't blame him there. I mean, the the Tarks rumors have been a bandied about quite a bit, but okay. Um, what about Nat Phillips, I'm, boys? I'm, con- I'm Nat concerned. Nat Phillips. Well, they wouldn't be able to buy him permanently. 
And uh, for Tark- I'm not Tarkowski, so sure. Tarkowski, I'm concerned because of how he's been performing in a defense for Burnley in a very similar situation right now. Yeah. I feel like individually he's been fine. I mean, the the defense as a whole haven't uh, kept many clean sheets, but I mean, that goes back to last season as well. I can't, I don't know if you can pin that on, on Tarks per se, but I'm not trying I mean, to pin it on him at yeah. all, but um, with holding being younger and theoretically cheaper, even with six months left on Tarkowski's contract. Um, oh, I totally agree there. I don't know if we're, even though we've, we've got a decent amount of depth at, at center back, I still don't know. I mean, if this is next year and, and Saliba comes back, yeah, I mean, he can he can how leave, many, but we still only how have... How many center backs do you need? <laughs> we have Holding, Mari, and then White and... Um, Gabriel. And Gabriel. And Chambers. I mean, oh, yeah. I still think of him as a utility guy anywhere across the back. <laughs> I mean, I, but still, if he's at center still, back, then we're really in bad shape. Still theoretically a center back. You've also played, like, in a real pinch, played Jaka back Tierney. there when he's back healthy. Tyranny. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> again, how many do you need? Well, how many do, do Liverpool need? I mean, if you want to, I think they can get rid of Nat Phillips at this point. I mean, my God. Last year I, they had well, the, zero. The liver, well, the, yeah, now they the have liver, too many. Well, no, the <laughs> Overcorrected. Liverpool, the <laughs> Liverpool thing would have been if Joe Gomez would accept a loan to regain fitness. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. But I don't know if he would want to do that. Yeah, I don't know, man, <laughs> Ryan. When when your approach when your approach with that Saudi money, I'm not quite sure that uh, Arsenal leadership is going to be like, no, thank you. Uh, like I said, next year, fantastic. Like I want Saliba to come back. Those three are going to be. I still don't get why Saliba went on loan, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it either, but I mean, he's killing it at Marseille, and he gets but another year under his belt, and. <laughs> White and Gabriel get a chance to form this this partnership. Like I said, I would rather him here at this point, but the loan's going well, and he's already said he wants to come back, learning English, blah blah blah. He's still on the long term plans. That's all. Yeah, I really so care about. He, yeah, he said some talking points, and he's going to get purchased by them over the summer. Ooh, I don't think they have. I don't think they have the money, even if they even if they wanted to. Um, are they high enough to make Champions League yet? I think they're hovering, but still. I mean, I didn't want Guendouzi to leave for Christ's sake, and they're they have <laughs> they're a in, yeah they're in a third option right for I think eight million, which is absurd. Yeah. But interesting, you know. interesting. All right, boys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. This has been solid. I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> this is a really good conversation, um, Chuck. Last thoughts for the listeners. I, I just want to thank you for joining us. I mean, like I said, it's been too long, um, but uh, always love your insights, especially like your your tactical analysis. I think it's just uh, second to none. So again, thanks for joining us. Kind of last thoughts for us. Hit us with something interesting for the weekend. Um, I mean, definitely. Thanks for having me. And for, I mean, for the weekend, considering everything, if you haven't already picked up um, Mila Rashika, do it. I wish we were able to go through the fantasy fake fantasy reel because I think he's <laughs> fake. But okay, Chuck. Uh, Chuck, 
Uh, I've gotten I mean, so many people I'm asking not, me this. I'm not going anywhere, so we don't have many targets there. Oh no! Okay, we're doing this. Going through. We're doing this. All right, we're doing this. We're doing this. Power through, man. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Fantasy fate. Fantasy for real. Fantasy fate. Fantasy for real. The one and only Andres, Chuck. The one and only Andres. <laughs> the B-side. <laughs> one of three. Yep, yep. All right, let's start with none other than Enoch Moepu. Will he get any playtime after last week, I think, is the main concern here. Fantasy real, fantasy fake, Chuck Booth. In tough matchups. So, I would say real 1.5. <laughs> So he's not going to start versus Newcastle this weekend, which is a huge bummer is what you're saying. I, I don't think so, because, I mean, he's like he's kind, he is kind of redundant to Basuba, but he does have upside when he starts. Yeah. Ryan, computer, how uh, about for you? Yeah, computer. Um, I'm 100 percent in the middle. I think it. <laughs> It really depends on playtime. If he is in the starting lineup, I'm definitely slotting him in against Newcastle. That was a cross over the weekend, but <laughs> he still scored and scored pretty well outside of that. So, yeah, I think the jury's still out, but has a good chance of, of being real. But, I mean, Potter Roulette is going to be, you know, the sort of Damocles hanging over your head the entire season. So, yeah. Uh, all I'll say is, if you see him in that starting lineup versus Newcastle, he is definitely a streamer, for sure. Um, but as I say with many of these players that we talk about in Fantasy Real, Fantasy Fake, uh, he's that 16th spot, that last bench spot. You know, hold him if you have the room. Okay, Milo Rashika. Chuck, what do you got? Um, I've got Real over Norwich's schedule, basically leading up until December. <laughs> okay, so real with a whole bunch real of with the, yes. <laughs> caveat central. Okay, hey, I mean he was supposed to be good. This team is terrible. Yeah, um, he was on another team that got relegated last year and still did pretty well. But with Brentford, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle, and his next four, why wouldn't you play him? Yeah, that's fair. Um, fake. Okay. Um. This was one of the few times I actually sat down and watched Norwich um, because oh, I was playing against. Yeah, I was playing against uh, Rafinha and and Rodrigo, so the second half was was brutal, but not as brutal as the actual football that was being played overall. <laughs> and Norwich are just terrible. I can't fathom starting anyone from that team. Rashica, I think, was was pretty lucky to get that assist. Fourteen with an assist against arguably the second worst team in the league doesn't really get my my pulse going and his previous starts eight zero point five and five and a half even with but the he schedule was involved I'm just in everything. not that it interested just, un unfortunately josh sargent um didn't help him one bit i really yeah, do I hope just... sargent gets benched for ida i really do i mean chuck any of us who have watched the u.s national team could have told them that that's what sargent does Oh, but, definitely. <laughs> like yeah, if they would have consulted up my us, league, I was like, "Good luck." Yeah, if they would have consulted <laughs> us first, you know. 
Um, yeah, he gets gets the start and then uh, basically disappears for the whole match. So that's basically. And he runs a lot. Does run a lot. Yeah, and you'll never miss him on the field. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, okay, sounds good. So we're we're split on that one as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, Musa Sissoko. Uh, I don't. I don't know who added this one to the list, but this is interesting. I did. I you added did? the, the okay. next five. I think. All right. So fourteen last week. Fantrax default scoring five the week before. Twelve, three, eleven and a half, three. So if we're going based upon that logic, this week should be about four. I wrote that exact almost word for word line in my article this week that he's <laughs> on a, a ridiculous stretch of double digits and between three and a half every other week so game week 12 is when you really want to stream them but that's not real but, right <laughs> i mean that's I, not, that's not real. i mean <laughs> it, it it has persisted through managers through matchups i mean if it's not real i don't know what else is in relation to to musa sissoka this season <laughs> i think he's real in the sense that if i needed a mid and he's on the wire i would feel comfortable enough that hopefully it's that one week where he's he's going to get the 14. So I think he's a, a real streamer, but nothing more than that. And I'm supposed to be the one who's given caveats here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's Sissoko, I, man. If you don't have caveats after watching him at Spurs, then I don't know. Well, what to that's tell you. the thing. That's why he's fake. Is because I've watched too much of Sissoko, and literally since he's left Newcastle, he hasn't been real. So yes, no. <laughs> yep. I, I would tend to agree with that. I put my faith in him a couple times last year and just, uh, I mean, also loves loves the yellow card. Loves yeah, the yellow that's, card. That's true. If he doesn't score double digits in game week 12, this whole hypothesis is null and void, and I will join the fake brigade. It, uh, I, I just think... It will he, be interesting to watch because, like, that's, like, such a, like, very specific situation that he's been in. <laughs> It's yeah, <laughs> it's not sustainable. It can't be. Uh, I would say the three to five points are going to be the predominant uh, score for him come the end of the season, and not the ones in the teens. But that's that's my thought. All right, we'll moving on. Ibrahim Okonate, uh, previously mm. against Brighton, six point seven five, which is fine because those would have been all ghost points. But previously. 10 with a clean sheet against Manchester United and 12.75 with a clean sheet against Crystal Palace. I will say, listening to the Anfield rap this week, um, they do think that Konate gets the start just because uh, they think that we're going to need the height and we're going to need the the strength uh, versus the um, absolute units that are West Ham United. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. As far as like fantasy, I don't know that I love what I've seen from him so far. Chuck? Well, I have a uh, trade offer from Ryan involving Kanate in my inbox right Uh-oh. now. Okay, do tell. Only because I have six defenders and you have six forwards, so... <laughs> No, I mean, I, I get it. It's just that um, I'm closer to labeling him as fantasy fake because I don't see how Matip just lost his place. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that he's 
real. Um, I mean, it's nothing happened to force Klopp's hand. So he obviously had something in his mind or some plan prior to the season where he raided Konate, but he's new to the Premier League and, you know, bet in bet him in, in in other games and when he's ready he can he can become a, a regular starter um and so the fact that Matip has been playing the the midweek games gives me at least more confidence that Konate is going to be at least for the most part the the regular starter in the prem um plus fantasy wise yeah he only got 6.75 this past week but 10.75 ghosts and in that same game vvd only got 0.5 so interesting he has he has started to to ghost a bit more and um against west ham like like you mentioned and, and genie actually gave us good stats about center halves against west ham they they score really well because they're really active so uh like him versus west ham and i i think that he's real and if you got him for free off the wire like i did i'm i'm happy so far that's fair. I mean, I guess I'm not dropping him at this point, but yeah, tempering expectations, I think. If you can get a piece of that Liverpool defense, I mean, yeah, I, I want it. Of course. I have a piece of that Liverpool defense. I have um, our unfortunate situation of Robbo. Oh, well, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. That's... What are you talking about? He's doing so well. <laughs> the team are doing so well. <laughs> uh, Robbo, on the other hand. Um, okay. Interesting. All right, cool. Moving on. Uh, we have Taylor and or Loten. Ryan, what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about, uh, I think the, what is it? One of the actors from the Twilight, I think this Twilight series, his name is Taylor Loten, but Taylor Charlie Lawton, Taylor and... Isn't uh, it? Oh, <laughs> I think it's even... It's no, Lautner. Worse. It's bad that I came up uh, with a reference. It's worse that you corrected me. Wait, Taylor well, that's Lautner. The, that's the joys of teaching. <laughs> yeah taylor lautner is gives it. you an excuse to watch the twilight that's, stuff yeah that's um i'm talking about charlie taylor and matthew lauten um <laughs> the burnley fullbacks of course not um, a werewolf the teen heartthrob yeah um i put them in there because they've been everyone uh, definitely on this pod and, and most of our listeners have at one point um, streamed one or both of them and they both scored really well this past weekend and that's why I think that the fantasy fake fantasy reel is, is, a, is a good one for them but um, long story short I, I think they're kind of like Stazoko they're real when you need a stream and a pinch and a, and a good matchup so I think they're perpetually going to be on the wire yeah they're they're real but you're not playing any of them anytime soon because, like, Burnley has Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Tottenham in their next three. And while in years past you would have felt comfortable playing a defender against the Palace attack, like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable playing a defender against them right now. Right. So um, we'll, we'll see where Burnley defenders are in December. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, but they they do score. I mean, they they score peripheral stats as well. Like, it's not yeah. it's not just cleanies for them. Yeah, they but score well. You can you can't pick which one actually does it anymore, right? It used to just be Taylor, and then now that so um, Taylor goes Lutton's better, like, Loton has more attacking returns. Yeah, That's yeah. The kind so of it's differential that I came up with, and it's it's not predictable anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. 
I just saw Ben Mee dropped in, I think, both of my leagues. So I just... Not I, surprised. Yeah. Well, that's because um, hopefully at some point Nathan Collins ends up getting a starting job because he is at least the most active center half that they have. Right. Okay. All right. We got two more. The first one is one previously mentioned Gabrielle for Arsenal. Um, Brian, this is an interesting shout. I mean, we've got um, scored 23.75 last week, obviously with a goal. Um, and Arsenal have been on this really incredible run, right? I mean, it, it has to be said. So when he's not scoring clean sheets, he's sub five. When he is scoring clean sheets, he's 10, 13, 16, 23 when he scores a goal. So I don't know. Are you predicting clean sheets? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fake, uh, with the caveat that Watford this weekend, sandwich with with Liverpool, obviously a bad matchup, and then Newcastle. Oh, then so Newcastle. For those yeah. two games, yeah, I just want to play him, but I think long term he's he's fake. I'd probably deal him out after Newcastle. Chuck, I mean, I can't can't argue with that. Um, looking a little further, you'd play him against Southampton, but that's it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, cool. Final one. He's been on the, the tongues of uh, many a fantasy manager here recently. This is Ben Johnson. Uh, incredible scores and not always reliant on clean sheets, although one did come with a goal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the real question is, has Sufal lost his job, Chuck? No. Okay. <laughs> um, well, number one, he's Chuck. So that gives you a longer leash than most. Uh, <laughs> number two, number two, just like with with everything though, Ben Johnson is very talented. He has played on the wing for West Ham. He has played in defense for West Ham. He is naturally a um, left back playing right back, but it's just Sufal's been injured and picked up an assist today in Europa League and he will be back because even even if they aren't keeping clean sheets which I don't think West Ham's going to keep as many clean sheets this year due to the fact that they now decide they now bomb forward yeah. with um, having Saeed Benrahma in the lineup um, they're going to still play Sufal because he's their best attacking fullback that they have and Unfortunately, it's not really translating into Fantrax points anymore, though. You're right. <laughs> so is that position fantasy fake? Sort of. <laughs> <Better> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a real disappointment, I think, for a lot of people. Um, I, I'm in that number. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Fifth or, fifth or sixth round, right? Sufal, for the yeah, most part? easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's he's fake. I mean, he, we we know that when he does pop up in the starting eleven, um, he's a good enough streamer. But yeah, I, I agree that Sioux Falls it's Sioux Falls spot to lose, and Sioux Falls just getting back um, to full fitness, and he he played the the Europa game um, tonight. So maybe he doesn't come back for the the weekend, but I think probably next week he he regains his starting role. 
but stream even if ben he doesn't Johnson come in the meantime. yeah uh, well so even if he doesn't come other than the liverpool weekend, like you don't want to play yeah. ben johnson this week so right yeah, yeah, yeah right and the west ham schedule is pretty rough anyway so defenders are going to be yeah rough to stream is it let's see what is it um it's bad i think so liverpool no, wolves man city brighton chelsea burnley Arsenal, Norwich. I mean, yeah, it's mixed. I, but I'd like in Burnley, the in the immediate, Norwich, yeah. in the immediate, it's it's brutal. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm moving on. I think just count your lucky, your lucky. Why did I want to say luck? Count your lucky chickens. Count your lucky stars. <laughs> that um, don't count your chickens. Well, yeah, certainly not before they're hatched. Anyway, with that, uh, we're we're delving into dad jokes, so we probably should should go ahead and end this. Chuck, do you wanna do you wanna say goodbye one more time? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just end it with a normal goodbye this time since uh, I launched us into another 15 minutes of a podcast. All good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Ryan, sign off for the listeners. Uh, I just want to say thanks, Chuck. Uh, it was great, great having you on. And uh, I'm unable to convince Joe to go on with an extra 20-minute segment, so I'm glad that uh, you were able to... <laughs> To nudge him in the right direction. Yes. Welcome to the joys of having a guest. <laughs> That's right. Love that. Yeah. You a sort proxy. of have. You sort of have to to uh, what um, be amenable to to whatever the guest wants. So of course in this case, Chuck wants it. He gets it. That's just is what it is. Suitable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, get at us if you have any questions. Better yet, uh, go ahead and just start a conversation on Twitter. Uh, tag us in it. We'll be happy to retweet it. Uh, let's get the community involved. Any start set questions, we're happy to help. Just start a conversation. That's what we're here for. That's why we love this community. Until next time, we will talk to you soon. This has been the Key Pass Collective. Thanks again to Chuck Booth. Follow him everywhere you possibly can. He's fantastic. Until next time, listeners, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.